Welcome back to Wasteland Media Productions, and in this episode, we'll be doing some uh, some shit talk, some salty clickbait, and so many other things that uh, we enjoy doing here. Um, how are you? We are here at Camp Mitchway. The wind is blowing constantly 20 to 30 miles per hour with gusts up to 60 giving us an extreme wind warning and hopefully the power does not go out during this recording how much snow did we get eight or nine inches and you can't even tell anybody's walked anywhere because the snow is just blowing so much it fills in everything and it's yeah it it does, and, and they scrape the roads, and then 10 minutes later, they're, they're full of snow again just because the wind's blowing so much snow around. I don't think they can do anything with it. Uh, so that's why we're sitting at home today. I don't know about you, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in some bit, but the salty clickbait of the day from January 14th, 2022, yes, just a couple of days ago, we're living in the future. A $1 million jackpot is Pennsylvania man's fourth major lottery prize. Pennsylvania man won a $1 million prize from a scratch-off lottery ticket, marking his fourth major lottery jackpot since 1999. Mike Luciano, 55, of Altoona, confirmed he scored a $1 million prize from a $20 scratch-off January 6th, the fourth time he has visited Pennsylvania Lottery Headquarters to collect a major prize. Couldn't be Colonel Prize. It's got to be Major Prize. Luciano previously won a $500,000 lottery prize in January 2021, a $3 million cash prize from a scratch-off ticket in 2016, and a $100,000 prize from a cash five drawing in 1999. Luciano said after collecting his 2021 prize that his luck comes from spending a large amount of money, dot, dot. He declined to say exactly how much, dot, dot, every week. I'm convinced no one wins this many times without playing more than they should, Luciano told the Altoona Mirror in 2021, I'm addicted to it. Yes, he is addicted to gambling. He cautioned others not to attempt to replicate his feat. People shouldn't do what I do, he said. I don't want them to think, I mean, I'm not ungrateful. This is unbelievable, and I couldn't be more thankful it's happening to me, but I don't want people to think it will happen to them yes because he is addicted to gambling and that will ruin your life and for him it's working out they didn't go to his trailer park house how much do you think he spends every week on that he's had a large amount what's a large amount thousand bucks thousand let's just say a thousand that's fifty two thousand dollars a year He's spending. Now, he's been doing that since 1999, right? I mean, it's 2022, right? That's 23 years. He has been spending $50,000 a year. Which, so that's nothing. Well, it's, it, it, it is a million, isn't it? Yeah, times 23. That's over a million. Okay, well, these sound like large prizes, don't they? Yes, they sound like very large prizes. But the reality is... 
the federal government is going to take the windfall profit. And what is that, 48%, 42%, 42%, but you're going to pay your state taxes on it as well. And then whatever you put in the bank, they're going to tax. So, yeah, he's not getting that much money. And I bet he, he probably still lives in a trailer somewhere. You don't think so? Well, on to bigger and better news. And now, a word from our sponsors. Cumbrella eyelashes. <sighs> no jizz splashes beyond our lashes. Well, we're going to roll that beautiful bean footage. Two men sentenced after trying to smuggle drugs in baked bean cans. And these were in the uh, quality since 1922, Grace Baked Beans. January 15th, UPI. Two men who tried to smuggle cocaine into Britain in cans disguised as baked beans and condensed coconut milk have been sentenced to a total of 15 years in prison, authorities say. British nationals Daniel Kelly, 43, and Stephen Gilhooly, also 43, drew the sentences Wednesday at Snaresbrook Crown Court. Oh boy, I gotta tell you right now. If a place is called Snaresbrook Crown Court, they are sticking the big unlubed four-footer right up your ass when it comes to jail sentences. Wednesday at Snaresbrook Crown Court following the trials earlier this month, according to London, London's Metropolitan Police Service. And it wasn't to do with the cocaine. It was because they were mixing baked beans and condensed coconut milk in with their cocaine. Blasphemous on so many levels. We don't like this in our beans. See, you shouldn't do that over there in London because when it comes to baked beans, they put that shit on toast and eat it for breakfast and talk about somebody farted. You know? You don't even want to know what these... Our friends on the other side. Kelly was arrested in January 2020 while in prison on another charge, and Gehuli was arrested two months later. Two deodorants. Each were charged in April 2021 with evading Britain's prohibition on the importation of Class A drugs into the country in connection with the scheme, authorities said. Kelly was sentenced to more than six years after pleading guilty, while Gohooli drew more than eight years' imprisonment after being found guilty at trial. But see, here's the thing. In the prison over there, you know, they have tea. You know, it's just like, okay, it, it's like it's like daycare. You know, when you go to prison in, in England, it's like, compared to the United States... Shit. That's just like adult daycare. It's like um, granddaddy daycare. You know? These guys are 43 years. They're going to go there and they're going to be like, okay, here's your crayons and your coloring books. An investigation carried out jointly by the Met Police and the National Crime Agency determined the pair orchestrated a plan to smuggle nearly three kilograms of cocaine from the Caribbean island of St. Lucia into Britain by packing the drugs into cans labeled as food items such as baked beans and coconut milk. 
Why would you see? That's there it is. They're mixing them together and being total douches. The cans were seized by customs officials in December of 2018, prompting a probe that led them to discover that Kelly and Gahuli had flown to St. Lucia shortly before the cans were mailed from there to addresses in Carlton and Greenwich in southeast London. What do they say? You're supposed to put it in the coffee, right? You put it in coffee. You're not supposed to put it in baked beans. See, they must have been smoking weed when they came up with that because they were like, yeah, we'll put it in baked beans. It'll smell like barbecue sauce. I doubt they speak like that. We're going to put them in the baked beans and they won't be able to smell them anymore. The funny thing was we, we actually sent five kilos, but they only claimed three were found. Uh, both men traveled to St. Lucia with the sole purpose of importing Class A drugs back into the United Kingdom, Metropolitan Police Detective Inspector Matthew Webb said in a statement. Okay, they they didn't spell this right. The miserable effect that drugs, that drug supply has on our communities is undeniable and inextricably linked to violent within our communities. No. That's not true, because if you could buy it everywhere, it wouldn't be like that. Both men were willing to take such risk with this offending, thinking that they were beyond the reach of the law and hoping to monetize profits. Yes, they wanted to sell something that makes people feel good and have a good time themselves. Instead, now they face hefty prison sentences. Their lives are ruined, and it's all because of some powdery substance that they tried to mail themselves. I hope this provides them the opportunity to reflect on their behavior and demonstrates that crime doesn't pay, he added. No, he's a fucking dickhole. He's like the asshole little fucking first-year police guy that busted somebody with seven grams of marijuana and then they took the picture and had to put it on their Facebook page just to fuck with people and say, look, and he's standing there, like he's leaning on the desk, right? And there's this little tiny, it's a quarter, right? It's a fucking quarter bag. And he's sitting there, and it's in the fucking sandwich bag, and he's sitting there right next to it like, yeah, I bust this motherfucker, didn't I? Yeah, fucking dumbass. Are you fucking kidding me? Little 23-year-old shithead, doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, probably never even smoked a joint in his life talking about drugs are bad while he's drinking and driving on his way home from the NASCAR race, you fucking shithead. Okay, so I just wanted to talk about the... What? No, I'm talking about the shithead from... It was a little local guy around here somewhere busted somebody with seven grams back before it was legal. Um, And I wrote down some notes. Okay! And now, a word from our sponsors. So that was uh, your, your your salty clickbait with a little shit talk going on during that. And uh, I have uh, some other stuff that I thought of, and I wanted to share that with you guys. So I have my notepad that I write my things down on. And uh, so just listen to me, because I'm, I'm apolitical. 
right? I think people shouldn't be assholes, and I think if people want to put substances in their body, anything from fucking apples to gasoline, I don't give a damn. Just don't make me do it, and y'all go have fun. Um, so, and moving on from there, uh, we hold on to the first piece of news we hear, don't you? If you hear something for the first time on the news, that is what embeds in your brain, right? It's snowing outside. Wow, it's snowing outside. You go look and it's not snowing outside and you're like, but the news said it was snowing outside. I can't believe them, right? Because you went and you researched Right? If it fits your way of thinking, if you were hoping it snowed outside and somebody said it snowed outside, then you might go look, or you might wait till you're done with whatever and then go look. But if you're excited about snow, I, I'm using a bad analogy here. Um, but if it fits with our way of thinking, we're going to go with that piece of information and we're not going to question that piece of information. Uh, that piece of information and that is a human flaw and that is where the term closed-minded comes from the opposite is open-mindedness meaning if you hear something be like joe rogan jamie is that true maybe you got your little buddy that you know your sidekick is always around and say hey google that make sure that's true like if you're driving you'd be like hey google this for me and tell me you know whatever i'm just trying to but always question the information that you're given, right? Because we know to make your own judgments, you have to challenge the information that comes to you. Don't just believe something somebody told you. That's why I do this. This is a fucking sexual news. I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody. I'm not brought to you by Pfizer. I don't even fucking advertise. I'm just trying to get y'all to listen to something and let you know that, I mean, we saw it big time way back when, what was it, about seven years ago? Maybe more than, no. It was probably closer to 10 years ago, right? What was the name of the, the George Zimmerman? The George Zimmerman from Florida? And he killed a kid. He thought he was a security card, right? He thought he was Mr. Badass. And he went out there. And there's a kid that lived in these apartments with his father. And then they had an altercation. And then George Floyd shot him and killed him. Not George. I'm sorry. George Zimmerman. George Floyd was another unfortunate event where a cop was being a fucking jerk. And put his knee on somebody's neck and, and killed him. Fucking asshole. See, they have too much fucking authority. They have way too much authority to be able to manhandle people like that. Um, so, the uh, information we receive, remember the the guy George Zimmerman, if you remembered, um, a, uh, NBC got a hold of the audio from the police 911 recording that he had called in. Mm -hmm. And when they did that, they, they manipulated it. So you're not getting honest information. You're getting manipulated stuff. And the manipulated stuff that you're getting is to keep you watching and keep you reading and to make you side with the reporting's belief. Do you understand that? They are giving you manipulated information because they want you to think a certain way. And the bad, sad, sorry part of all of this is everybody carries around this little device where you can go fact check shit. You can call your phone Jamie. 
And you can say, Jamie, Google that to make sure it's right. And then you can believe the people on Snopes or choose to believe the people somewhere else or choose to believe where all these other things came from, right? How much information is there out there? It is infinite. You will never be able to see all the information that's out there in a lifetime. Sorry, it's just not possible. So, what that comes down to is, what do you know? I know where my neighbor next door is, right? And as it's snowing and blowy and they're saying our power could go out for days on end, what are we doing right now? We're talking to our neighbors and we're making sure that our neighbors know that we're here for them and they're letting me know that they are here for me. And that is why we moved here, because people still communicate like that. And your strong community is going to help you more than a political belief ever will. So, make sure you're friends with your neighbor no matter who they fucking voted for. Because when the shit hits the fan and your power goes out and you don't have a backup generator and you're cold, you're going to wish you were friends with them. Joe Biden's not going to come to your house and neither is Donald Trump. Nobody's going to come fix that shit for you, okay? Okay, so let's all be cool with each other. All right, and that takes me to the next thing I want to complain about today because I've been cooped up in this house. My back is all fucked up. I'm barely able to sit up straight because I've been, oh, my back. I just want to ask ask everybody out there. Yeah, they're saying that they, the supply of workers is low, and you've got people who run everything saying, you know, well, everybody's hiring, right? The supply of workers is low. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's another thing, too. You were having a hard time getting people to call you back, but they look at your resume, and they're like, wow, she's way overqualified for this. We don't want to pay her that much. That's what I'm thinking happened. So, yeah, well, 25 years of accounting history, you know. Office management. So here's my question I wanted to ask everybody here. How many of you went to work sore today from the work that you did yesterday because what people don't understand is they're trading their wellness for money when they do this right you're fucking your back up you're fucking your shoulders up you're fucking your knees up hey guess guess who has fucked up back shoulders and knees and feet and what did I do that for? I did that shit for $6 an hour, $9 an hour, or whatever fucking Jeff Lamb decided he was going to pay me until I went to work for somebody that actually gave a shit about people and paid me well. So you guys that are sitting at home holding out, that's right. I fucking stand right behind you. You're going to sit there and you're going to say, you're going to pay me $15 an hour or you can suck my dick. da dum Right? Because what you cannot survive on $10 an hour, $400 a week, $362 after taxes. I know because I did that shit for a long time. $362 times four. What's that, like $1,400 a month and some change? $200 a week for living expenses. It's food, gas. Right? For a family of four people? Okay. So that's 800 a month right there. You haven't paid rent yet? 
You haven't paid for your fucking house insurance or your health insurance or any of that other bullshit yet. No. You're trading your wellness for money. You make sure you get all the money they're going to give you. And if you're sitting behind a desk, you're trading your fucking wellness for money because they want you to sit in a place for four hours, take a break for half an hour to an hour, and then come back and sit in the same place for four hours again. What does that do to your body? Yeah, you did it for 25 years. And then when I got you out of that and got you in some sunshine, what happened? Yeah. No more back aches. I'm feeling good. My whole life. Yeah. Her whole life living in the stress-filled environment that she fucking hated. If she got poison ivy, it would take her four to six weeks to heal from the poison ivy for her body. And she'd have to go get steroids. And she'd have to go get all this shit, and she'd have to rub all these creams on it and all this crap. She's here now. Her body doesn't stress anymore. Her mind doesn't stress anymore. And what happens? She gets poison ivy. It's gone in a few days. At most a week. At most a week. So there you go. You're trading your life for shit. If I, if I was going to make a suggestion to young people now, people in their 20s, work really, 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 really hard from 20 to 35 because that is where your your longer decisions are going to make. And once you can do that, once you can downshift a little bit because after 35 you start going downhill very slowly and then the older you get, the steeper the slope gets. So uh, I would say 20 to 35, really hard. I didn't start my business until I was 30, almost 30, right? And then worked really hard for 12 years and wound up fucking my hands up and everything else. So I'm just telling you guys, work hard, get it to where you can afford something you pay cash for and they won't have their hooks in you. You do not want to have those hooks in you. I lived that way for a long time. So there's your shit talk. I hope all of you have a wonderful time until we meet again. And April's saying goodbye and I'm saying goodbye. Goodbye.